Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players podcast. This is our Keeneland show for Thursday, October 27th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you from Shea Bell here in Lexington, Kentucky, bringing in a man we had to preview the Keeneland meet. Curious to get some updates from him on how his analysis has been going and his thoughts on the late pick five on this Thursday card, where I'll have the pleasure of being in attendance, actually doing Horse Player Happy Hour Final Table live from Keeneland tomorrow. You can join us for that one. Uh, play along on horseplayers.com if you're still looking to win that Breeders' Cup betting challenge seat. And Matt and I are going to have a supersized show from four to six. We're going to get a chance to meet all 10 final table contestants. The man I'm about to introduce was one of them last year, as well as this year's tour winner, Greg Kingman. Going to be a fun show. But the guy who's here to talk to us today is Matt Vagvolgi. Matt, how are things? Uh, going well, Pete. Going well. Uh, getting close to Breeders' Cup, so uh, that's always uh, it's always a good thing. So I'm excited. You'll be part of our coverage over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Uh, maybe doing some extra stuff for the plus side as well. Looking forward to getting all your thoughts on that. So many different ways to go. How uh, how did your journey in the Horse Player Happy Hour Tour work out this year? Did did you give it a good ride? Uh, well, I made the cut and that was about it. So <laughs> couldn't quite get past the, uh, couldn't get past the, uh, the first hurdle there. So, uh, those, uh, those mythical contests have not been uh, very good for me this year. So, uh, I don't know, maybe just an off year uh, with that, but, uh, no, couldn't repeat my uh, final table from last year, Pete. Oh, well, you, well, you, at least you'll be spared the crushing beat of, uh, being, what were you three lengths clear in the, in the lane last year and got run down. There was something horrible like that. Yeah, I was on a conference call for work and uh, was watching out of the corner of my eye, thinking uh, I was about 100 <laughs> yards to a second uh, Breeders' Cup entry, and then uh, got nabbed. Quickly checked the uh, quickly checked the uh, the standings and realized the second place horse was the only horse that could get me and got me. So it, it was one of those horrible things where I think I was composing the boom tweet to you when. <laughs> When it all went down, I, I, I worry that I jinxed you. It was my fault. But you will still be heading back to the BCBC this year and, and a chance to uh, rewrite the end of this story. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, BCBC to me is the uh, must-play tournament of the year. Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's like I've said before, it's one of those weekends where you can have a decent weekend and walk away with 30, 40,000 bucks. And uh, there's just not another weekend like it. Uh, out there. So uh, yeah, the Breeders' Cup betting challenge to me is, uh, is, is the top, top contest uh, every year. So you provided me some great info that I used for this piece I have up right now on at the races.com, sort of a, a Keeneland preview with a looking for the lens very specifically of Breeders' Cup. I've got a ton of stuff over at at the races right now. Folks looking for a bunch of great free written content should make sure to, uh, to be visiting that website frequently but I wanted to do a little bit of an update with you based on the meat preview we did for Keeneland. What have you noticed? What's changed? What's held up? Uh, and then we'll talk specifically a little bit about this Kentucky Downs stuff as well. And then we'll dive into these races. But we've got an extra minute or two here. So 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 let's start with some more general thoughts. Um, I would say the one thing that has stuck out that has been profitable is front end speed in dirt routes. Um, we've had some bombs come in and that's where they've primarily been, uh, out on the front end. Um, that's one thing that, that I've noticed, uh, for sure. Um, I would say like post position has been pretty much in line with, with what we, what we discussed. 
Um, just trying to look for some some outliers. Really don't see too many of those. But like I said, the, the dirt angle is is certainly big. Um, horses shipping in um, from Saratoga on the turf uh, certainly have done very well. So for the meet are hitting at uh, 33% uh, with a positive 49% ROI. So, uh, and also very nice, uh, looks like over almost 70% in the money. Um, that's out of 36 starters. So that, that's a, that's a stat that, you know, is, 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 is decent, um, you know, throughout the, the, the long term over the five-year period, but, uh, certainly one, maybe you want to pay attention to, uh, that's in form, um, at, uh, at, uh, Keeneland right now. So, uh, yeah, th- those are the, I would say the top, you know, the, the top one for me is the front end speed, uh, uh routing on the dirt. That's one I'm really going to pay attention to. And I know you alluded to, uh, the Kentucky downs. That's one, to be honest with you, Pete, I'm not really putting a whole lot of emphasis on. There's one too of the many of them, aren't there? It's like, that's, that's it. That's, that's exactly it. I, I can't predict, you know, it's one of the, when you look for shippers, right. I find that they're best when you have horses that are not as common coming from different circuits. Um, Like for instance, uh, you know, it's not that it's uncommon, but you don't see a ton of horses from California shipping in New York on the turf, right? Like something like that, where I can get a better idea, even on the dirt as well. There's just so many horses coming in from Kentucky downs this year. It's, it's, it's tough to get a read on it. And to be honest with you, it's one of those stats that I just don't feel really means a whole lot. So that's one I'm, I'm kind of, kind of pushing away from a bit. It was interesting just because it was contrarian, the numbers we talked about before, but as I've watched, I think the flood of data makes it impossible to separate the signal from the noise. Though I did think Michael Domable will be at the final table on Thursday um, and also contributes a lot over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com covering the pick three, all-turf pick threes at Keeneland that we love. I thought he made a great point of a, of a way to look at it, which was basically to be a little bit more forgiving of horses that don't show their form when they, when they turn up and, and maybe not be so literal about horses whose big form spike comes from there, which I just thought was a very logical way of looking at those horses. I did want to touch on one more thing before we dive into the races, which is you mentioned the post position stats mainly holding up, but we didn't talk about what they are. Let me see if I can remember it right. It was basically that on the turf in general, you didn't want to be inside and you didn't want to be outside. There would seem to be some disadvantage to post one through three and definitely a disadvantage to post 10 and out. And then that Interestingly, really, if I'm remembering right, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, held up in dirt sprints where the inside wasn't the advantage you'd think it would be. And then on the, I feel like on the dirt, the inside dirt routes, the inside posts performed better and the outside posts just still performed like horribly. Am I, am I summing that up about right? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and that Keeneland's one of those tracks that have stayed pretty consistent. I would say... The change in the track comes in when moisture gets in there, Pete. Um, you know, when, when you get a sloppy track or even a good track there, um, that's when that changes. Also on the turf as well, when you get a, a soft turf course, you start to see a lot of that change, which again it, it is logical. But in terms of post positions and then combined with run style and where we project horses to be, you know, first and second call, that's where I think a lot of that stuff changes. But no, everything you said is 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 spot on and is still staying. Uh, pretty consistent uh, as well. Um, so, you know, I, again, not, not too much has changed. Like I said, the one the one I did want to mention, though, was that uh, 
speed on dirt routes has has just been very very good so far and you're also getting paid for it as well um so definitely look for some jockeys that are uh, that are going to be aggressive uh, get position and uh, look to hang on now the caveat here and this will be our segue into these races is they haven't had rain here and that could be a part of why it's been so speed favoring and it rained all night here into from tuesday when i arrived into wednesday um so now i don't know it could be completely dry by the time these races we're going to talk about happen but just i I bring this up just to say that this stuff especially when you're talking about you know things related to track bias it can change in a dime you gotta pay attention but these are sort of the assumptions we're going to be making heading into these thursday races so let's dive in because we've just got about 10 minutes to get through these races because i know you're on a tight uh, on a tight schedule, Matt, as am I. We kick off in race number five. We've got an allowance race. Phillies and mares three and up. We're going nine furlongs on the turf. How are we going to light this candle? Uh, this is a this is a tough sequence. So I'm going to use uh, I'm going to lean on a horse later on, but uh, a lot of these legs want to have uh, a few that I'm going to want to look at here. Um, I'll start with uh, the five uh, two two sixty one. Um, you know, I, I just, I think this horse has been running against better. Um, I think will be on the front end is probably, uh, the best speed here. Uh, again, I don't know if this horse can hang on as proven to do it, uh, again, from that, uh, funky, uh, Churchill Downs, uh, turf course, but, uh, like this horse getting back to, um, to a group as well as getting back to routing, um, on the, on the turf. So, uh, 261 I'll use as an A I'll also use, uh, the seven uh, mint edition. Uh, that was a good run at uh, Kentucky Downs. Um, you know, came off the pace, just got up uh, off a layoff. Um, you know, comes back again. Leperu stays aboard. Um, you know, should might actually get the best trip out of all of these horses. I do expect the nine and the one to go early as well. So might put some pace pressure uh, on the uh, on the five. Um, and then I'm also going to use, um, a horse I'm going to use that I, again, I usually don't <laughs> in these, in these situations, a horse shipping, uh, from, uh, from California out here, as we just alluded to, um, that's the eight I uh, get on the bus. I just think it's the class of the field. Um, again, should get a nice trip there, uh, as well. So, uh, five, seven, eight as A's. I'll also use the 11, who's the morning line favorite, Bravo Kitten. Uh, I'm just not sold on this horse. I think it's run very evenly. I thought, um, you know, again, another another horse that I think Raspoli gave, uh, if you go back uh, and, and further in the form, uh, gave great rides and just couldn't get up. I think this horse has every chance to win, but is dangerous. I, I think it's certainly a horse that, uh, that fits here. And then an absolute bomb that uh, I just want to see back on the turf again. Uh, stretching out is the four uh, implosion, uh, I believe is 30 to one in the morning line. <laughs> so just, just uh, that will be, that will implode the tote board. I think uh, again, this horse needs to step up, but I thought that the Ellis park race was actually pretty decent. Uh, I was on a good turf course. First time on the turf uh, is run primarily on the dirt. Just want to see this horse get back to the turf and, and stretch out. So that's, that's another bomb I'll include as a B. So uh, five, seven, eight is A's uh, 11 and four is B's. I had what I thought was this goofy long shot pick that I didn't think would be in your reckoning. And of course, then it ends up being your top pick in the number five, 261. One reading of this race, I thought was this horse being able to prove the best of speed and hang on. Horse comes out very well on the time form US data, I thought, 15 to one on the morning line. I was a little bit reticent about get on the bus because of the California form shipping in. We've talked about how those numbers aren't pretty, but get on the bus to me, just figure wise, had 
figure and form wise had too much going right. If they go too fast, the kind of horse that could get an excellent trip. And even if they don't go that fast, isn't going to be that far back. One goofy one I will throw in there. Number two, under one sky is a runner who took a long time to break the maiden. Didn't do much running last time at Kentucky Downs, but in sort of the spirit of that way of looking at the Kentucky Downs shippers we talked about before, I was maybe willing to forgive that and go back and look at that Ellis Park run. Look, this horse isn't likely, but I think could be the 20 to one of that morning line. I wrote it down five, eight and two. I like your spready ideas there as well. And I might end up uh, nicking some of them as we go forward here. Let's move on though to race number six. We've got these two-year-old maiden Phillies. Um, we're going five furlongs on the dirt at the maiden special weight level. And I like the horse in here. I thought the seven Malibu toast was very interesting to, to do a little better than first time out. Cox, well-documented, good numbers with firsters, better numbers with second time starters. And I just thought this horse moved into the fast pace last time, looked like one, might benefit from the cutback as well. I was going to see what I could do with Malibu Toast. I didn't trust a lot of the others at the the short end of the market here. I'm open to including some more, though. What have you got for me? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I think the favorite, um, the nine, right? Yeah, the, the, I, I think is is certainly the horse to beat, um, you, you know, with Rosario jumping aboard. I, I do think it's an upgrade in, in this particular uh, dirt sprint. Just based on where I think this horse is going to sit, I think sits off off the speed. Um, I do like both the speed horses here, so I'm going to use the nine uh, rarefy mm-hmm. as well as the five uh, stellar lily. Um, I, I've given this this is just that general angle that I love. You've heard it a million times from me on these airwaves of, of that speed and fade first out, wheeling back within a month. I love that. Right, the horse is in good order, got out of the gate nice, showed some speed. Uh, I think we'll show speed again. I think some some uh, additional fitness uh, might take this whole group uh, gate to wire. So I do like the five. Uh, so five and nine for me as A's. I do like your seven Malibu toast. I th- I think you're, you're right. Could get the absolute best trip out of this group. Another fantastic uh, uh, run. I thought that was a great first time uh, first time out effort. Uh, an improvement there will be tough to tough to beat as well. Love a horse that um, you know closes in and uh, makes up lengths in the stretch uh, as a first time starter. So I do like your uh, your your play there on the seven. Also include uh, the one uh, Master Psalm. Uh, I just think this horse should be on the on, on the dirt. Um, I thought that was a decent effort. Again, another one that showed speed. Um, you know, on on the turf going six and a half at Kentucky Downs uh, gets to the uh, gets to the dirt. My only issue is probably going to be farther off the pace, um, than I would, uh, than I would want, uh, want to be. So kind of more of a deep closer type, uh, based on the group here, but, uh, I'm going to go five, nine is A's and seven and one is B's Pete. All right. Race number seven is the hinge of this pick five, $50,000 claimers, three and up a mile and a 16th on the dirt. Matt, we'll keep it with you. Uh, this, this kind of alludes to that, um, that that stat I gave out there about uh, dirt routers, um, you know, projected to be on the lead at first call. Those have, that have hit the lead on at first call, uh, again, uh, you know, over thirty percent winners here with a positive five percent ROI. So, and that that leads you to the two uh, implementation who I who I do think is going to get a clear lead. Um, certainly has faded. Uh, if you look at that uh, first effort and that allowance race, you know, faded pretty badly. Uh, in the stretch, just willing to give this horse another try again, coming back off a short layoff. Um, this horse should be the speed goes from allowance company to claiming. 
Um, I think this race is, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a relief, but it's not a huge drop uh, in, in my opinion, in terms of competition. Uh, we'll also use the, uh, the seven uh, civics class. Again, just, I think another horse that fits uh, might be, uh, might be stalking the pace, but also could get out to the lead. Would like to see if, if this, if the two doesn't break, I'd like to see this horse get out to the lead um, has shown to, uh, to run to uh, open air and, uh, and keep going. So that's a horse I certainly want to have there. Uh, as well. Um, and the, the five, uh, Clarissian, I believe that's how you say it. Clarissian. Um, I, I assume it's a Star Wars reference. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, I just want to see this horse on the dirt, uh, ran it off the turf, uh, race at Ellis park, um, stocks, uh, I thought ran on very nicely. It's going to have to step up a little bit of a different, uh, a little bit of different company here, but, uh, some added distance. I think this horse is, is very interesting, especially, uh, at uh, at a price and the lone B I'll throw in there, Pete is uh, Jr's gift. Uh, similar story, cut last two on the turf, um, ran okay, um, not great. I just think better efforts are on the dirt and has also run against uh, much better company. I mean that West Virginia Derby way way over his head. Uh, also that stakes race at Churchill. When you start to look back in the form a bit, those two off the turf races, um, I think uh, was very, very competitive and, uh, I think might have a little bit of pace to run into. So, uh, JR's gift as a lone B my A's are going to be the two, seven and five. I'm with you on the top pick implementation looks to get the exact kind of setup that's been winning. I don't have too much clever outside the pace angle. I will mention one that you didn't, the number one centurion for our pals at uh, 10 strike racing and, uh, Lindsay Schultz, this horse to me, just really fits on figures and form. And in a scenario where implementation goes too fast, it brings a closer into play, uh, just felt like a horse that, that could get involved. I'll take a longer look at some of the ones you mentioned. Did you give uh, Centurion any any uh, particular look, or did you have something against No, I just think this horse is going to be way too short, um, and I think it's a very competitive field. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully Marshall Graham doesn't take me off his, uh, Christmas card, uh, <laughs> list here, uh, for that. Uh, but I just think it's, I think we'll be over bet. Um, you know, I don't want to say the horse has burnt money, but you know, again, has been short prices. I thought at similar levels, you're right. This horse fits. I mean, especially on, if you just look on speed figures alone, this horse definitely fits. Um, I think we'll be coming off the pace a bit, not necessarily the, uh, the trend that, that I want to go for. Um, I just thought it was beaten at, uh, some short prices. Listen, back class speed figures can certainly get it done. I just wanted to go in a different direction and try to get a price. Let's talk about race number eight allowance ranks, Phillies and mares three and up a mile and an eighth on the turf. This is the horse. I had that ridiculous story about the, the horse that I dreamt about the night before the last race at, at Kentucky Downs. And she made no mistake, personal best, getting the job done. I think she's logical back here. The thing that gives me pause is the thing we were talking about before, is a horse. Now, granted, I think I would have liked her at a conventional racetrack, but part of why I loved her that day, based on her pedigree, etc., was seemed really well-suited for Kentucky Downs. So this isn't a horse I want a single per se, but it's a horse who I thought was just way too logical to ignore right back. And I thought that uh, a logical one to, to come running with her was the one runner, LS Forte. Um, this, this, uh, this horse whose breeding I absolutely love, by the way, who narrowly missed the last day at Belmont at Aqueduct. And I thought would you know, be able to save ground and, and should be in position. And, and another horse just clearly suited by, this distance, you know, if anything, it's it's too short for her. But I think looking at the way she's kicked before, 
going a mile and an eighth just makes a lot of sense in this spot. Five and one, and I'm even. I'm open to fur- using further ones than that. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm the same, Pete. Um, not a whole lot to add on the top two, but those are going to be my A's. Um, again, just how I look at structuring these types of bets. I gave this leg a, a B minus, and what that really means is I'm going to use a bunch of different horses, even though they're separated as A's and B's. I'm going to use a lot of combinations that will go through this leg. So I did have the one and five as, as top plays. Um, I was also going to, uh, include the three insatiable as well. Um, just again, I, 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 Pletcher and size has been, been very good, uh, this year, um, have also been very good at the meet. I think size will be aggressive. I want this horse to be aggressive, uh, save ground. So I, I think this uh, horse stretching out for the first time is going to be dangerous with, with some front end speed. Uh, again, might have some company up front, uh, but that was one I certainly uh, wanted to use uh, as well. Uh, My Sweet Story, the six, I thought was interesting. Um, just I thought Fitz might have uh, too much to do in the end. It's going to be a very, very deep closer, but potentially for it to be just a big charge for the front end. And I want to have this horse. I've got the, the best late pace figure out of this group uh, is the six, uh, My Sweet Story. And then the last one I was going to include as well was the nine uh, lovely princess just want to give this horse another shot uh, on, on the turf has run three times. I thought has run very well. Um, you know, again, I think this group is not too, uh, too dissimilar from, uh, from the uh, Kentucky downs as well as the Ellis park races. So um, we'll be on the front end as well. Um, so again, another speed type, but uh, those are the horses I want to use again, one in five as my top plays as UP. But I'm going to use the three, six, and nine quite a bit in a lot of different combinations uh, in in the sequence. I think that makes sense, and I may well mirror you. Race number nine, our pay leg. We just got a minute left here, Matt. I'll go very quickly because I thought the number ten Balsa just looked like potentially the right horse for this level for Brad Cox. Been gelded since the last start, getting back onto the dirt. Obviously, the weakest field, new low level, and looks like might have the speed. He might have the speed to clear in a race where I'm not sure how many of these are going to end up wanting to pass runners. But I'll ask you the key question. How are we going to get paid? Yeah, I'm with you, Pete. Uh, This is where I mentioned before I was going to lean on a horse. This is where I'll lean. I would say, you know, a solid, uh, I would say 90% of my plays will go through. We'll go through the 10 uh, ball side. Just just as you said, uh, again, I just think can clear from the outside is going to be the speed. Uh, second time on the dirt, I thought this horse ran very well on both surfaces. Uh, just want to see this this horse back on the dirt again, sprinting. Um, I think we'll clear. Um, and uh, again, going into a maiden claim in ranks, just that that front end speed um, has is always dangerous. And I think uh, you know coming from uh, from Brad Cox, I think this horse will show some nice early foot. So uh, leaning very heavily on the ten. Another horse that I would throw in there. Uh, is a first-time starter, uh, time to cruise. Um, I only say that given on a trainer angle, uh, first-time starters out of 36 tries, uh, 22% with a uh, uh, over a $4 uh, ROI. So just something to pay attention to there as a first-time starter. I'm also a fan of first dude as well, um, but I uh, want to include that horse just a little bit for the extra for the extra tickets there to, uh, to add that horse in. But primarily singles are going to go through the 10 as you Pete uh, with, uh, with balsa as long as alone. All right. Good stuff. Appreciate you, Matt. And we will be talking very, very soon. All right, Pete. Sounds good. Thanks to Matt. One more time. Thanks to all of you, the listeners. Thanks to our friends at Keeneland select for sponsoring these daily shows. Keenelandselect.com. 
Good sign-up bonus there, whether it's for you or somebody you know who hasn't taken advantage yet. Encourage them to check out KeenelandSelect.com, mobile betting that pays you back. And uh, that's going to do it. show's been a production of In the Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos.